We are in Champions League, man. That was my Dilly din, dilly dong, come on. I will love it if we beat them. Love it. This is the Modern Soccer Coach Podcast with Gary Kearney. Hi, welcome to the Modern Soccer Coach Podcast. My name is Gary Kernin. This is part two of the Dan Abrahams Philly Convention sit-down with four coaches, Clifton Bush, Kat Nichols, Paul Templeton, and myself. So part one was going over a few things that we've struggled with in the past. Part two is all about how we could use Dan with our teams and areas that we think we need a little bit of help with so enjoy thanks again to dan for for spending the time and hope you enjoy it thanks bye the point you gave me was self-awareness and i was going to ask can a coach do you feel it a coach can get i see four thousand coaches in this conference convention yeah how many of these coaches are self-aware to improve those that aren't self-aware mm. can they raise to become a successful coach Um, ooh, it's a great question because I, I don't, okay, um, I'm being a psychologist and really put, putting on my psychologist cap, I think to um, say a resounding yes or a resounding no is dysfunctional thinking. I think there's a, it's neither black nor, nor white, what you learn, whether you learn as a psychologist, you learn a framework, so you might learn solution-focused brief therapy or rational emotive uh, 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 behavior therapy and what you learn from those kind of therapies if you like all those frameworks is th- about dysfunctional thinking and dysfunctional thinking I'm going a long way around answering this question uh, what you learn is there's no right or wrong there's no there's no um, absolute uh, yes absolute no so I'm not abdicating myself from answering that question. What, what I would say is there's always exceptions to the rule. There's always coaches who come along who have their way of doing it and they do it and they do it and they do it and they do it and they're like that and they're not like that and they don't see the 360 or the 180. Uh, they see the 30 and they're like that. And they will be successful or they can be successful, I should say, like that. I would pose a big question mark onto how successful they could be uh, or how uh, the longevity of that success. So they might go, stay there for a little bit, and then I would imagine there would be a bottoming, bottoming out. That's, I would commit to that notion. Um, but I really think, you know, you look at the best uh, uh, coaches in the world and, and let's define the best coaches in the world. And again, this is something I said yesterday. We're so obsessed with the best coaches in the world is Pep Guardiola, is Jose Mourinho, is Jurgen Klopp, Bill Belichick, if I was to use another sport. It's like, no, they would be hopeless under nine coaches. They would be <laughs> rubbish uh, under 12 coaches, probably, probably. So Don't there's the papers tomorrow, that. Yeah. <laughs> Guardiola's rubbish coach. <laughs> Uh, let me go back on what I just said. They would they would be challenged 
by being an under 12 coach. They would be challenged by being an under nine coach. Uh, and look, I'm, I'm sorry, but they wouldn't be a great, they wouldn't be that good because they're just not used to that environment. Their, their values, here, here's the important values when it comes to behaviors, when it comes to, to objectives. As an under nine coach, you're gonna have a certain uh, objective. Your objective is probably, I hope it's not to win at all costs or to just about all costs within the rules or just slightly stretching the rules, right? <laughs> so, so, but that's going to be at the very elite level. It is brutal. You've got to win. You have got to win. And, and so their, therefore their behaviours are a certain type of b- bunch of behaviours. Their values are the kind of values that can create conflict um, on the training ground that can create conflict within the coaching staff. And maybe at your local soccer club, that's, you don't want that with your under nines staff on the sideline, shouting and screaming about, no, little Johnny and little Mary should be push, pu- pushing on or <laughs> tracking back. It's just like, no. So, you know, the, the best under nines, you know, best coaches in the world um, are, are, you know, it's context specific, under nines, under twelves. Uh, and I've just completely lost my train of thought, so I don't know what we're what we're talking about here. So where where were we going there? Right. What was uh, what were we um, talking about, Gary? Please. It was a self awareness piece, but we'll come back to. We'll come back. I want to go a slightly different direction because okay. it, it opened a window. If you could, the other coaches here, if you could bring Dan into your staff tomorrow, what would be the one job, or one area, or one responsibility or issue that you would look for him to solve? What what area within your environment do you need help with, with Dan's special skill set? I think you, I think you raised many good points, Dan, and I don't know if you had the chance to go watch uh, Michael Rabaska from Toronto FC, and he spoke about the concept of, of mindfulness and, and meditation and what a powerful tool it was. And it might be a side of the game that's, that's overlooked, and the guys I coach in college, I think they would benefit immensely from, you know, they're coming from class, they have busy schedules uh, as, as student athletes. And if we could just find a way to build in five, 10, 15 minutes of that self-awareness and finding moments of clarity within their day that as they come to training, it should be the best part of their day. But are they taking that five, 10 minutes to really be aware and, and be in the moment and, and finding that mindfulness that okay, I really enjoy this. This is this is what I love to do. I love to train. I love the game of football. And I think if you were to, to come into the staff, I think that your expertise, that, that self-awareness, would uh, would be huge for the players that, that we work with. That's, that's, that's really bad. I think I, I, th- I actually think I've shared a few emails with Michael because I think I, yeah, I, I'm not going to go into detail why it involved a player, the young player I worked with, but... Um, I, th- I think so. I think so. But um, really interesting what you're saying about Michael, and, and that's fantastic to hear that there's a, a really good coach who's who's into that side of things, meditation, mindfulness. I think it, it great. I think the way I would tackle that, and the first thing I would be saying to you, is the way we're going to do that is I'm going to do that through you, because it becomes more believable. And don't get me wrong, I could I could stand in front of your players and I could talk about. Um, um, or anybody 
anybody's players and I could make it fun and bring it to life and, 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 and talk to those players and present to them or facilitate something. But I think that, that my passion is for coaches to be passionate about the psychosocial areas. And um, again, I was talking about this yesterday. We're going to come back specifically to what you're asking. I won't lose my train of thought this time. Uh, you know, I think you have to deconstruct that four-corner model, that traditional coaching is based on four corners, technical, physical, psychological, social. You've got to deconstruct that. And for me, every coach needs to be a psychosocial coach. Every coach has to deconstruct that model. And it, for me, I'm going to go extreme here and accept that, that let's put the psychosocial down the bottom and let's put arrows going up and down to the technical, tactical and physical side. Psychosocial comes first. Psychosocial comes first. So to get players to, uh, to on board with things like mindfulness and meditation, and you don't even have to label it meditation or mindfulness, to get them to buy into the notion of, okay, after class, I'm just going to spend 10 or 15 minutes quiet time um, and start whether it's relaxing and then thinking about what they want to achieve, thinking about what they want to do, the process, you, you, you've got to be a psychosocial coach. You've got to be passionate as a coach, all three of you, you've got to be passionate as a coach to put psychosocial first and drive that through your program because you know your players are going to be better learners, they're going to be more attuned to your sessions, they're going to learn um, their, their learned skill more effectively they're going to be physically fitter as a consequence if as you say Paul they just take that 10 minutes but they're only going to take that 10 minutes if if you find a way to make that the biggest part of your um, coaching culture coaching culture and if we drill down to the nitty-gritty when you talk when you say I just want my players to spend 10 or 15 minutes just being mindful one of the great things and one of perhaps the poor things about the, this notion of mindfulness is there's as tends to happen in social psych, you know social science psychology is there's no firm definition of mindfulness some practitioners will say there are but then you find another mindfulness practitioner will give another definition now for me mindfulness is i'm just going to be mindful of my mental processes I'm going to be, and when I say mental processes, I'm talking embodied cognition, mind and body, okay, which I talked about yesterday in my presentation. And what I would say to you is the way to get players to buy into that 10 minutes is you, the reality is you do have to make it quite soccer oriented. So the way is, is I just want you to spend 10 minutes post class, just give yourself some quiet time, and I want you to think about uh, what a dream training session would look like what it would feel like. Imagine there's a camera on you in this training session coming up and you're doing everything at 100% in the right way with the right habits. What does that look like? What does that feel like? And I just want you to spend just 15 minutes is 1% of the day. More accurately, it's about 16 minutes and 30 seconds, but let, let's, <laughs> let's go with 15 minutes, right? 1%, I call it 1% time. Just spend 1%. What will it look like if I train with, in my dream style? 
what are my what are my little objectives I want to have? What's coach? What have I co-created? What have I worked on with coach? What do I want to do? If if I'm if if I'm kind of feeling a bit flat, how can I get myself up? What body language? How can I present myself? So to me, you you as a coach can drive that by making a big deal within your culture, being a psych social coach, and then help players know what they've got to do from a a a, a nitty gritty perspective. The, you know, to know the small things, the structure, the mental structure that they can have. Does that kind of answer your question? Yeah, I think you, you hit great points again, and I think we sometimes overlook the the psychosocial side. And on the continuum, we talk about the four pillars of the game. There has to be that human element there. There has to be the human element and taking the holistic approach to the game. Well, wh- where where it stems from, if I may, may briefly interject, is that it, is it's a reductionist approach. It's called reductionism within science. And reductionism is so... It's fantastic and it feels so compelling because we're reducing everything, hence the term reductionism, we're reducing everything into its lowest possible components. And that's lovely as a coach because it's lovely and organised. But I'm... St- but, 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 but learning doesn't uh, doesn't happen through linear pedagogy. It's non-linear pedagogy, and learning is messy and it's horrible and it's it's great one day and it's horrible the next. And then you've got players over here who are messing about. Players who are focused. Players who are in a mood. Players who are motivated. Players who aren't. And it's messy, and and you can't reduce it to just these four. It's it's got to be integrated. It's got to be integrated, but you've hit upon the word, Paul, human. Human is psych-social. So the, 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 where you, if you're going to reduce this, it's, it's, let's take psych-social out. They drive these areas. What's technique without focus? What's tactics without focus and confidence and emotional management? What's physicality? You know, pers- what we know in science is perception of effort can be mediated by self-talk. It can be mediated by body language. So, so you know, and that's psychosocial. So ignoring as i always say ignoring technical tactical and physical is like ignoring is 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 like or, or or denying those is like denying the presence of the sun and the moon and the sky of course they're there but how do we optimize and maximize them we do it by being world class psychosocial coaches related to our objectives which is related to the age group and the level we're coaching i'll breathe now <laughs> <laughs> All right, Kat, what's he going to do for you? Right, Kat. Um, so I think the big thing I've been kind of on in the Tom Bates book, and I've been following Brett Ledbetter and the character, developing character of players, which in turn drives the process and what you're trying to get out, which eventually gives you the result, but it's not an overnight fix, and you have to be calm and you have to be patient. But it's really hard to do that. And I've been trying to do it for three years myself because I just got into this part, but seeing other coaches um, just kind of want the here and now, like the instant gratification, but there's no like character building. And I think that's a big part because soccer's only gonna last these kids for so long. And then they're like, these kids are our future. They're going out into society, but they have no kind of structure. And I think soccer's a great platform to provide that. So how do you implement that in like a club level, caring about the player as a person and then ultimately as a player and how that's going to drive your results? 
Yeah, and I, and hopefully my answer here is going to both excite you and disappoint you at the same time. Perfect, we, I love We it. love roller coasters yes. of emotions because that is the uh, cocktail of life. Um, so, um, and, and you're quite right, it is hard. And that's the thing is people say, you know, look at your word there, it's hard, it's hard, it's hard. And, and, and your body reacts to that as well. And it's just hard, it's hard, it's hard. And it is, and you've got to accept that. It's really important to accept that uh, I start one of my books, plug. I start one of my <laughs> books as, um, you know, I say, I think it was Soccer Brain, I said coaching is one, of the, is one of the toughest professions or hobbies that you can possibly do. Because you're dealing with human beings and you're dealing with people's different needs, wants, hopes, doubts beliefs, mm -hmm. expectations, cultures, background. And I think, uh, uh, first of all, you've got to give yourself permission as a coach not to get it right all the time. Right. You know, you're never going to have, the reality is you're never going to be 10 out of 10 all the time or ever, you know. Uh, and you're not going to get people skills are, are, are difficult and uncomfortable. Life is, is somewhat complex and out of your control. Mm -hmm. I remember watching a J.K. Rowling speech, a Harvard commencement speech, and she said that, and it's just so true. So much of life is out of your control. And it's, and it's, so I, I think the first thing I'd say to you is the words you're using, um, you're right, it is tough, it is hard, but you've got to also talk back to yourself as a coach. I always say, stop listening to yourself, start talking to yourself. Stop listening to yourself, start talking to yourself, because you're going to, if you keep listening to it's hard, it's hard, it's hard. I think what you've got to say is, yep, this is hard, I accept it, and I'm gonna be patient. I accept it, and I'm gonna be patient. Patience, patience, patience. So um, I, think, I think it's important to be person-centered and player-centered um, and person-centered comes before player-centered but actually what comes before person-centered is being self-centered and I know that <laughs> sounds weird but you've got to be self-centered and by self-centered I'm not talking about being selfish I'm talking I'm talking about take care of yourself as a coach take care of that inner <laughs> voice that way of thinking you know um, so so talk back to those thoughts about it being hard accept it be patient and help other coaches around you to do that as well now so let's be self-centered once we've done that let's be player-centered and then we're going to be uh, sorry person-centered and then we're going to be player-centered let's just skip over person uh, person-centered and go to player-centered what you can do that's very quick and very, very impactful is to not just build character, although character is gonna be built in this way as well, but help the player become a better player by using performance psychology tools. And because I hear you say, Kat, and maybe you do this, but I hear you say character, character, person, 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 absolutely, and uh, Brett, Tom, best in the world at what they do, brilliant at what they do, Tom's a good mate, I don't know Brett, and I completely align them set myself with you, but I'm sure, I'm sure they'd agree with me, and I know certainly Tom would, is that a real quick way to build character is help with performance-related skills. So uh, in my books, in my talks, in my academy, I talk about help players have a game face. 
Yep. Help players have a script. Help players use their controllers, their self-talk, their body language. Help players squash ants. Ants being an acronym for automatic negative thoughts. Yeah? Yeah, I like it. So you take those four things, a game face, a script, and I'm, I'm using Dan Abraham's colloquialism here. <laughs> so you've got to buy the books and you've got to get the academy. <laughs> but the game face, or follow me on Twitter, the game face, yeah. the, the script, the, the controllers, the ants. Find ways to have those performance tools because then you hit the player. But when players learn about self-regulation techniques, then you hit the person as well. Yeah. And you hit the person very, 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 very quick. Right? Mm -hmm. And then we come back to the person, which is more the values and the warm and the fluffy stuff, which is, which is essential, which is I care about you, my values, my, my empathy, my people skills, you know, which is the, it's the hard part because you've got to be self-aware, you've got to be aware of your body language, you've got to be aware of how open you are, you've got to... Um, um, know where to stand, when to come in in sessions. You've got to give people time, and you don't have all the time in the world. Right. And that's why you're not. You can't. You've got. You've got to. You've got to give yourself. You've got to be patient and accepting, and give yourself. You've got to give yourself permission to fail occasionally. Right. Good word. Like it. Troy's jumped in. Troy's a, a MSC mentee. He's Troy, old. how are you? I'm good, and yourself? So I'm Troy, awesome. I don't know if you've seen this. Um, Basically, if you thought we're lucky enough to get Dan on your staff tomorrow, what area would you look for him to help you with? Massive amounts of resources to pay me. <laughs> <laughs> joking and joking. Yeah. Troy, carry on. Um, kind of going on, actually, the self-centred stuff that you kind of touched on there, what would you suggest to coaches and, and the staff in the case of the question of how to deal with leaving work or training to then going back to the family and getting energised again, you know, because a lot of coaches just go away and they've not expended the energy because they're not really taking it seriously, Yep. you know, but I feel like once I've been at a training session, I'm absolutely goosed and I'm going back to girlfriend or mates and I'm grumpy, yep. you know, it's like I've, I've put the energy in and the effort, but then I'm going back and I'm, yeah, money old man. Your girlfriend must love you, mate. <laughs> a moany old Scott. Who would have thought, eh? You're not from around these parts, are you, Troy? Where are you from? Glasgow. Glasgow. Yeah, great city, yeah. great city. I was at your um, session in, I think it was 2014. In yeah, yeah, years ago. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, are, you, are you Celtic or Rangers? Celtic man. Okay, yeah. top man. Um, okay, so... Okay, I'm going to be tough on you here. I'm going to be tough on you. Uh, and... It's what I alluded to yesterday in the presentation. You want your players, and uh, uh, what uh, age range do you coach? No, I'm 16. So you're 16. Okay. I was with the NWS. Okay, so, okay, so you're, you're coaching at yeah. an age range where what I'm about to say is particularly pertinent. You want your players to cross that white line and to use my colloquial term, get into their game face. You want them to show their best selves. Would that be a fair thing to say? Yep. You know? <laughs> to be able to execute what you've empowered them to do, the skills, maybe the tactics, etc. So you want them to be the best version of themselves, whatever that is, it's what I call a, a game phase. And 
for me, you've got to find out what that home face is for you. And you might come up with some key words. Because what you're hitting on, I'm going to come back to that, what you're hitting on is a really big thing. And it's a big thing for coaching. Because coaching is so emotional. You know, um, I know uh, Bournemouth today drew one all. If they'd lost, I don't know if I'd be as happy as, uh, you know, getting a point at, at West Ham is, is, is important. And, 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 and it is, it's an emotional roller coaster ride. And looking at some clients today, did they play well, did they play poor? You go with that, and that's part of coaching. So it's easy to take it home with you. But you've got to have a, just as you want your players to have a game face, you've got to have a home, home face. You've got to think about how you want to be at home, how you want to interact. And as soon as you step through that door, you've got to be a great actor. Okay, You've got to talk to yourself, and you've got to be a great actor. And when I work with players to create the game face, the game face, and game face is a little bit of a misnomer because it's not just a face, it's a body. There's great scientific evidence now, and I talked about this yesterday in my presentation, uh, and the science behind it is called embodied cognition. So since the 1950s, we've preached, cognitive psychologists have pre preached a computational model that the brain creates a mental representation of our outside world, and that's how we function. We call upon these mental representations and we act. But what we now know is that its brain or we hypothesize, but we're quite certain of, is that the body plays a big part in our mental processes. Our mental processes are embodied and enacted. They're embodied and enacted. So when it comes to my game face, and if a player, and I've got Premier League players who I work with who would have gone out today in England and would have been sharp, relentless lion, or upbeat, dominant coal, or whatever, I want them to say it and do it, say it and be it, say it and act it. So you've got, as soon as you put that key in the door, you open the door, you know your girlfriend's in there, you know your family's in there, and you've lost, and everything about you internally is churning, you've got to shift into your home face, because that's only fair to them. And going back a few steps, I think that you've got to... I call it I call it in my book Soccer Tough 2 going dark. And I was talking about players going dark just like Jack Bauer did in 24, right? He I'm going dark. Okay. Great American accent there. Um, <laughs> he goes dark and nobody hears from him. And I think you've got to give yourself some time post game to go dark and sort out okay, and you've got to ask yourself these questions. What went well? Maybe give yourself a mark out of 10 for your coaching. Maybe give your team a mark out of 10. Why so high? What went well? What needs to go better next time? How do I not up to eight or nine? Is there anything I need to start doing? Bang. Once you've answered those questions and you're driving back or you're getting public transport back, you've got to start transforming into your home face. You can't just say it, think it. You've got to do it. Embodied cognition. Our mental processes are embodied and enacted. And then as soon as you open that front door, that front door has got to be the trigger for, I'm home, I'm going to be Troy, who my missus loves. Troy jazz hands. <laughs> Let's get dinner on, darling. <laughs> Bang. Yeah, that, that's, that's, you've got to have a structure to it. Go dark. 
have your home face. Clifton, where would you put down to work? Yeah, I mean, it sounds a lot of big picture concepts. Um, for me, I think one thing that I would like to improve upon or like a staff to improve upon or teams to improve on is the intentionality <clears throat> of the small things. So it takes oftentimes what you can consider monotonous repetition sure. to develop into elite status. Yeah. Um, but that comes at a cost from the coaching part because there's not a lot of emotion in monotonous repetition. So the thing that I think would help to improve would be to, like, how do you become a better coach mm -hmm. in getting players to enjoy that kind of finite mylar response? Yep. Like, you know, it's the same thing, the same ball every time, and we've got to work at it. But as a staff, that can be very, you know, now your body language is necessarily as poor or whatever may be happening in the interaction between you and the player. So for me, I think that that would, because I think that that helps the competitive nature. It helps the execution yeah. of actual winning. And so for me, yeah. that would be, you know, kind of a, a question that I would pose to you. Uh, may I have permission to fire a question back at your question? <laughs> Absolutely. Excellent. You have to ask me if that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> yes, that's okay. Is that okay, yeah. Mr. Mr. Kearney, yeah. Mr. Yeah. Moderator? Brilliant. So um, you've talked about the mundanity of repetition, and you were kind of giving a hand gesture there, as in crossing the ball and constant crosses, and you know probably corner kicks, blah blah blah. So you've obviously got a picture in your mind of what that looks like and a specific activity. So as you say, to probably sending in five or six or ten or whatever corner ball. So my question to you, and it's a really tough question, and, 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 and maybe it's something you can't completely answer, and I don't want to put you on the spot, but how can you have repetition without repetition? How can you have repetition without repetition? So how can you create an activity? And again, please, please Clifton, don't feel free. This can be an open question, and we can resume the conversation at any time because we're going to have limited time. But it's, I would actually put it back on you and say, again, you're, when I'm speaking with you, we're going down two paths here, just as we had the detail versus the empowerment, but then we brought them together. For me, it's, you know, I want my team to uh, automate everything. And I so I, I want to repeat, 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 so they become really good but I understand that that involves mund mundanity I would say I, I, I suppose pose the question isn't coaching isn't a big part of coaching if we've got to help the players learn and we know that mundanity uh, switches them off so they become passive learners rather than active learners so a massive massive part of learning is active learning versus passive learning. So how do you do those uh, specific tasks within activities that help players stay engaged? That's your big challenge as a coach, by the sounds of it, or one of your big challenges, is to create activities that uh, help create, uh, that help keep players switched on so they're actively learning. And the own, for me, you've got to have repetition with 
uh, without repetition, if that makes sense. So it's it's mixing up your games. It's creating games. Here's a suggestion. Let me. So I'm posing a question, where you might come up with a solution at some point. Let me. Can I pose a suggestion? People who invent computer games do so with an eye on gamification. They have to gamify things. So they have to... Gamification is creating competitiveness so that players, when I'm doing this, I'm really into this. How can you gamify your activities? How can you gamify? So it's not just corner kicks. It's corner kicks with a game. It's corner kicks with a game with consequences. Um, ch mini challenges. Something that players have to do to win. Or have to do to avoid something. Does that make sense? You've got to gamify. Gamify, 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 gamify. And when you gamify, you help players stay switched on because they become active they become engaged and interested. I think it's massive. All right, I'm gonna open it up now. We'll do it. Is anyone have any questions? We'll open it up for. They've got a Facebook Live here, so we've got a bit of interaction. Cool. Um, <laughs> is it on now? Oh, it's on now. Say oh, hi hello. everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Two hellos. And Tony May has said hello. Hey Tony, how are you? Wearing a back hello. home. Is he back home, Tony? Yeah. So, yeah. 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 Okay, practical tips. This is from Sarah McCarty, coaching teenagers slash young men who don't push themselves through temporary discomfort for the good of the team. That was written with an exclamation mark, so some uh, emotion there. How can you help them find the capacity to go through it, find something more? Worry is that they will never be able to be the best they can be if they can't see past personal discomfort. Okay. So by personal discomfort, I, 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 okay, so I interpret that as pushing yourself physically, okay, so uh, 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 working harder, uh, work rate uh, thing, and, and I, I personally think this is where setting up uh, a game face is really important, so taking, so if you've got a specific player that you feel has, has a great amount of potential and ability, but perhaps doesn't um, work as hard, or isn't as alert, we don't want players running around like a headless chicken, do we? So isn't as alert and intense and uh, alive to the challenges around him or her. Um, I think you've got to take that player aside, and I have a tool, a technique called a game face, uh, which I talk primarily about in Soccer Tough 2, um, where ask them to think of um, um, maximum 100% effort level. So get that picture in the head. I want you to think about that. And try to elicit a couple of key words, action-based words, related to 100% effort. So if you're giving, little Johnny, little Mary, if you're giving 100%, what does that look like? What does that feel like? You know, give me some words. And you'll have to suggest some words. So it could be dominant, sharp, alert, alive, lively, relentless. You know, and I think a really good thing there is to relate that, those words, to an animal. Does that look like a greyhound or a leopard or a cheetah or a lion? And get elicit one or two words, put that in front of, say, an animal or maybe a model player, and then you've got a game face. 
and that game face re uh, correlates and this is why it's important to try and get the answer from them as much as you can although you can suggest stuff uh, and implant ideas in their mind um, you've empowered them to have this game face it relates to a hundred percent hard work and then in your training sessions you've got to empower them to show you that game face show me that game face show me that show me sharp relentless line i want you to do this passing activity sharp relentless line i want you to do this small sided game sharp relentless line show it i'm looking at you there's a camera there's a camera on you you've got to show me 10 out of 10 sharp relentless line as an example show it to me so every single training session you're giving them a better opportunity to um to 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 push through to push through and i i think you with that you've got to talk to them about you've got to say it you've got to do it you've got to use that self-talk that as i call it a controller so empower them to do that but have them do that in training and then on a match day here's the thing if we're coming into a match okay and i'm, I'm assuming we're talking about competitive players here if we're coming into a match that's got to be their objective the coaching profession is really poor at setting clear, concise, controllable objectives. That's got to be their objective. It can't be outcome, it can't be performance, it's got to be mindset slash process. So their game face, I had Premier League players going out there that I interact with and work with, and their goal, their objective is uh, to be that game face, or to execute their script, or to use their controllers. That's got to be at the forefront of their mind. It's got to be a big thing. So make that their goal and ask them, give yourself a mark out of 10 for that at the end of the game. And you give them a mark as well and see where they collide, see where they correlate. But you've got to, as a coach, make mindset a big deal. Because what you're talking, the, the brand of psychology, the area of psychology you're talking about is perception of effort. And there's good evidence. Paula Radcliffe ran the London Marathon in 2003 in a world record time, beat some, the world record by about five minutes. And she said, I got to Lond uh, Tower Bridge, I knew I just had half an hour to go. And I kept talking to myself from there. I kept counting in tens, but I talked my way through the pain. So players have to talk their way, way through the pain. But you've got to help give them a blueprint for what they've got to say. What they've got to say has to relate to them as humans, and that's key words, animal model player a game face in short buy my book <laughs> <laughs> um, so we'll do we'll do a few more couple more questions we'll do four more questions we'll do question here question Facebook live question here question Facebook live who's got a question here so you're talking about um, like setting your game face and I'm, I'm buying your book don't worry it's on come on it's on there it's on there that's so, 10p coming my way <laughs> you're welcome but how do you take that as so I coach three different teams yep would you do it on the player that is struggling and then needs the help? Or yep. can you instill that in a team environment to where you're breaking it down with every player? Would it be one-on-one -on -one sessions? Or would it be like a round table, everybody has a piece of paper and we're talking through it and I facilitate it? Absolutely. I think it's a really good question, Kat. And uh, once again, your questions are so good, I, I can't give you a precise answer. <laughs> because every cult culture is different. Every coaching culture is different. And, and when I interact with people over the years who have utilised some of my stuff, they all seem to do it in a different way, which is fantastic. I talked about match script yesterday in my presentation. Someone mm -hmm. came up to me and said, I don't do a match script with individuals, but I do a, a team script. 
you know again I do talk about that in soccer tough too and, and I think in soccer brain and, and, and I think that that's, that's brilliant so I think you've got to look at you you've got three teams and you've got to decide with the age groups and the levels you know how can you best do that you might have an older uh, team who may have the capacity for you to facilitate something in a room whereby you ask them to come up and say with the team script some objectives for a game mm-hmm. and 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 it gives you the opportunity to educate them on, on clear, concise, controllable objectives. You know, because they'll want to say, you know, win six games, score goals, which you can have, keep clean sheets, but it's well, how are we going to do right. that? You know, when it comes to the game face, you might send an email out to the group um, and, and ask them to come up with, think about their best game and come up with two key words that relate to their best game. And you can then you've got these all these players who've given them given you their two keywords and their favourite player who emulate these keywords. Suddenly now you've got a document of game faces, but then you can go to each individual one over a couple of weeks, depending on how much time you've got, and say, Well, you chose decision making or decisions and that's not really controllable. I want more alert, alive, lively, calm, cool, whatever it is, but they've Mm -hmm. got to be controllable, action-based words. That's the idea. Um, So then you can upskill them. So I think you can do it in groups and you can do it on an individual basis. I just think you've got to look at your team. How old are they? How how much time do I have? What level are they at? Uh, Given the personalities and the characters in the team, can they take a group thing or am I best off pinpointing? I, I really think it, 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 it varies. Does that kind of yeah. answer the question? Yeah, no, Cool. All right, anyone else in the group? Have one? Get left on. <clears throat> yeah, we'll go. Oh, yeah, so my, I think as coaches, as you develop uh, coaching, not psychological coaching, but just tactical, technical coaching, you start to look at your mentors and people who coach the game at a higher level at, through their eyes. Mm. What is it that <clears throat> insert big time coach sees when he or she looks at the game? Yeah, and that's one way to develop mm. as a, as a coach. So my question to you would be, what would what do you see through your eyes as a psychological coach mm. that we need to start to look through our mm. eyes in order to be better? Uh, uh, for me, it's. Um Coming back to what I say about being uh, 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 a, f- a, f- a flexible, again, I said this yesterday, I can't remember if I used this term earlier in this podcast, it, a flexible uh, skeptic, a flexible skeptic. So, you know, you look at everything skeptically, not cynically, there's a difference there. Cynical is just, that's not for me. How many people in this industry are cynical? Skeptical, it's like, it's, it's not so much prove this to me, it's what. What do I think of this? What do others think of this? You know, is there is that what's the credibility here? How can I, you know, Dan's saying this, but this doesn't fit into my culture, or this doesn't think into my fit into my way of thinking. Why is it me being closed-minded, or is it that actually I just don't agree with that, or, or this doesn't apply to my coaching right now or my coaching culture? I think you've got to learn to have the capacity to be a flexible, um, uh, uh, um, uh, sort of an criticize yourself be a critical thinker it's so important take yourself above 
all of these theories and methodologies, even with your mentors and the guys who you're looking at and you're trying to see through their role, take yourself above that and say, is this really true for me? Can I authentically coach like this? If I don't feel I can now, do I think I can authentically coach like this? you know, in the future. I mean, something I'm wrestling with, I'll give you an example at the moment, I'm wrestling with is this computational model versus an ecological approach, which is one side is I teach technique. I help players develop technique by by um, isolating technique and telling them what to do and getting lots of touches on the ball from a, a, almost like a closed skill perspective to an ecological approach, which is more games-based, game sense, technique emerges um, through problem solving by adaptation to problems in game situations, which is a complicated way of just saying players making decisions in games you can't teach technique technique emerges by players just playing 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 when you're isolated you haven't got the legs in front of you when you're in a game you've got the legs so it's in context and I'm trying to raise myself there's these big debates on Twitter even arguments and I'm trying to raise myself above and just look at both sides and see where I lie and look at, read and read and read and read and read and read, go back to the beginning, where's the historical context, where's the social context, how does this work for me? So, and that obviously depends on how committed you are as a coach and what time you can give to it, and everybody's different in that capacity. So absolutely, uh, Clifton, have mentors, see the world through their, their eyes or strive to, but also take yourself above them and ask, is, can I be authentic with that and is that authentic to me? Can I grow to have that authentic, but also um, be uh, 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 flexibly sceptical about everything and, and criticise everything? And, and be a voracious reader and watcher and listener to podcasts and, and especially Gary's and, and, <laughs> and, 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 and all that kind of stuff. Uh, and that's why I come back to, that's why you're gonna be uncertain. You're gonna be uncertain, but then you've got to build the capacity to have a certainty, a mask of certainty when you coach. Who's next? Yeah, I think one of the many takeaways, Dan, for me this week came from uh, Bill Bezik and yeah. yesterday. Mm -hmm. yeah. He spoke about uh, young players in, in, in the sense that effort and um, effort and just work rate mm -hmm. is not a given anymore. Mm -hmm. And as coaches, and I think you touched upon it, is if it's not a given, we have to facilitate that as yes. coaches. And um, I just wanted to get your opinion in the sense that Society, millennials are often widely regarded as impulsive and, and the need for instant gratification. Yep. But in football and, and anything else in life, it's hard work and dedication and yep. consistency and developing uh, good habits. Do you believe that it's, uh, for, for young players, that it's, um, it's important that they develop those habits? And, and how do you bridge the gap? Yeah. You know, yeah, that makes sense. Absolutely, hundred hundred percent sense. And and um, um, obviously, there's a lot of information out there about millennials and 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 the kind of thing you're talking about with effort, work weight rate, and want of instant gratification. And um, uh, and I want it now, and and I don't want to work for it. And and then taking the the effort and the work rate, you know, sp more in a more specific environment, like on the pitch. And I I, I think again, it's it, it's accepting that. Uh, society uh, 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 changes 
and brings with it new challenges year on year. Um, 20 years ago, not all players would be on their phones all the time. Now you walk into a change room, even in the Premier League, and everybody's on their phone, and you just think, how, are you, how can you build social cohesion here? You know, it's, it's this kind of challenge you wouldn't have had 20 years ago. Um, and, and so I would always say, look, again, I come back to what I said to Kat earlier, you know, coaching is so, so tough, so you do have to give yourself permission to not always be successful. And sometimes in your own private time, having a little bit of, bit of a gripe about things. But... But, and it's a big but, ultimately, when we talk about effort and work rate, we can't just put that on the player. We are coaches. It is our job to be dynamic enough to help co-create. It's all about a co-creation here. It's not just about it's the player's responsibility. But we have to be dynamic enough to create a, an environment and a culture whereby we help players take responsibility we induce them, we caress them into a, a role of responsibility. But we've got to be able to do that, you know. So, for instance, it's empowering. If, if Again, if we come back to my techniques, it, 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 um, you know, it starts with empowering players to have a game face and have a match script, as an example, and empowering our team to have a team script so that they've come up with those solutions and then they've got to go and execute. They've come up with it. You've shown me this, guys or girls, so you've got to go and do it. We've got to be more subtle, and that's where the difference between telling, being prospective, and inducting, inducing the answers from the players. And when you induce the answers from the players, you, you, you empower them to go and do that, and that's a great way to do it. Combined with, we've got to be more inventive and more creative with the kind of activities we have on the training pitch because attention spans are low, they're poor and players, you know, we have to find a way. Maybe the drills don't work anymore. Maybe the repetition doesn't work anymore. So how do we do that? Well, repetition without repetition, we gamify things. You know, we turn, I talk about coaches have two dials. They have a stretch dial and a support dial. We've got to turn up the, the, the dial, the volume on the dial of stretch, you know, so we, so we have a game that we gamify it and we have tighter spaces or we bring the spaces out or we give a responsibility to a player, we limit their touches or, or whatever it is. We constrict, we expand, you know, we, 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 um, we do all kinds of funky little things to keep them actively engaged. Okay, engagement before effort, intensity before effort, interest before effort, concentration before effort. So let's scaffold down effort and let's do the kind of things that we can do as a coach to induce effort. Gamification ideas, really, it's an idea that I got from the, the New York Red Bulls and I think you touched upon like set pieces. Generally in sessions, players go, oh, set pieces. It's like boring, we're standing around and gamifying that. So we play a game at, at, at Southern Connecticut and it's called Rapid Fire. And basically there's there's the team attacking is 10 corner kicks, a team defend team, but it's rapid fire and it keeps coming. So all of a sudden you take away the boredom, it's, it's, it's fast, it's rapid, it's gamified and it's competitive. And, and what a difference because set pieces are, are huge moments in the game. And, and it, it often defines sometimes winning and losing yeah. and it's very critical moments in games and the other thing is the, the implementation of tournament days we have a little league table in the, in the back of the locker room door 
and wins losses and but there might be a specific function to that. It might be uh, you know goal in the last minute of the game and the little five asides is you know it's worth double or treble yeah. to keep that focus and, and gamification like you put it. It's gamification. A- active learners are active through gamification, being competitive. Give them a game. You know, when I say give them a game it's an activity and it and it and it and, it, and it's got a consequence, there's a score or something like that. But it's also give them a problem to solve and don't tell them what that problem is. And then that creates great coaching conversations after that activity. What were you trying to solve there? How did you try to do that they may have seen the world in a completely different light to you and come up with a a host of different ideas to find that solution that's creativity you know how are we coaching creativity you've got to give players decisions to make on the pitch it's absolutely crucial so and, and and even with corner kicks you know why did you go that way when you could have gone that way and gamify that they can go in different directions why did you do that and it helps that helps build self-awareness so there's a whole world there of things that we can do to induce effort from players Dan thank you so much um, I hope you've got, got my good side down way right? <laughs> we're just going to delete <laughs> all of this if... way over way over time um, you've done how many presentations and jumped on a flight and still have, still doing a job with your teams at home so to jump in here and, and do that there is absolutely brilliant. Only for you, Gary. I've got to buy you a few beers now. Uh-huh. Um, Damn straight. That's the extra part as well. But <laughs> no, I appreciate it. Um, tell us just a little, what's the difference in the books? It's, uh, I've read them. They're starting points. Hmm. So everyone, like there's a few, I'm going through a few questions. And the reason why I haven't read out every question on this, the Facebook Live, is because the starting points are, like not to plug, but you need us reference and context and organisation. <laughs> Tell us about the, where the books will take you. Yeah, so uh, it's a really good question. So, look, I, I, the three soccer books I've written, because um, I've written a golf one as well, is Soccer Tough, Soccer Tough 2, and Soccer Brain. And I wrote Soccer Tough for players and Soccer Tough 2 for players because I wanted players to read these books, not just coaches. So it's, 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 it's really written to the player. Uh, and it's just really about helping players. It's done in a style whereby it's a chatty style. There's no theory in there, although everything is based on theory. I don't talk about inverted U hypothesis and systematic desensitization and invert individual zone of optimal functioning. It's just all scaffolded down into simple ideas and concepts. So Soccer Tough will talk about your soccer image and how important that is to your confidence. And my toolbox of memory, imagination and perception. It talks about scripts and squashing ants and the, the problems with perfectionism and things like that and and then soccer tough two goes uh, deeper into things and and in terms of creating a training script so effectively training empowering yourself to be a great trainer and and um, um, creating using controllers self-talk and body language and creating uh, a, a game face and then soccer brain is actually for coaches and it's about four C's of, of coaching culture that being and I'll try to remember this and competitiveness a culture of competitiveness, a culture of confidence, a culture of creativity, and a culture of something else. And I'm jet lagged, <laughs> and I can't remember. It's very embarrassing. I don't remember my own book. But the the point is, is it's written in a in in a way that's very. I'd like to think is very accessible, and it, it introduces cons- coaches to concepts that that whereby they can start to have a psych social be a psych social coach 
which, you know, this year, towards the end of the year, I'll be bringing out my next book that really goes even further into that and also talks about the new kind of stuff I'm doing with uh, Premier League players on, on how to redefine competitiveness and the importance of that. And that's another podcast. That's the next podcast the next we're going to do. All right, there we go. All right. Set up for the sequel. Wicked. Brilliant. Thanks, awesome. Dan. Awesome. Thanks, everyone. Appreciate it. Thank you for listening to the Modern Soccer Coach Podcast. For more coaching topics, sessions, and resources, head on over to Coach Kerneen on Facebook or visit the website at www.modernsoccercoach.com.